Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. Morning, Anna. How are you today? Oh, I've been looking forward to this conversation. How about you? Oh, I have as well. There's always something juicy for us to talk about. Oh, there certainly is, Dr. Jane. And so it's been a week of naming our core values, defining the limits that we need to balance our lives, and setting boundaries with assertiveness to assure these boundaries are secured. This is the path to living our best selves, which starts with self-care, not just meeting others' needs, correct? Yes. Yes, that's right. You know, it's, it's writing a new script and moving forward, and it changes the rules of the game that we've been playing with others, so it's not always one and done. Oh, that's for sure. That is for sure, Dr. Jane. It can begin with the best of intentions and fizzle in seconds, as you and I both know. (laughs) This can be so discouraging. And it can happen even though we feel anchored and aligned with our core values. And I'm certain that a new way is essential. Dr. Jane, what's up with that? You know, well, Anna, we're talking about situations where we've repeatedly put others' needs ahead of our own, or we've repeatedly ignored doing something in our own best interest, you know, and now we're wanting to self-correct. So we're needing to stand up and speak up for ourselves to others. And sometimes it's about standing up and and speaking out, uh, you know, for ourselves, you know, and while this, um, knowing this and implementing it, um, we can oftentimes flounder. Yes, and that's where we find ourselves, right? Knowing that to live aligned with what is most important to us, like our core values, you know, we must make we must make changes. And and something prevents us from moving forward or maintaining movement. Well, yes, you know, and often it's because of any one of three main components that may be depleted. It could be our self-confidence or our self-worth or our self-esteem. Well, they sound remarkably similar. Can, can we just take a look at each one? Sure, Anna. You know, when we talk about self-esteem, you know, esteem reflects how we feel about ourselves, you know, every aspect of us. You know, it develops from how much love and care we have for ourselves and, and how our life experiences have enriched our view of ourselves. And self-worth and self-confidence both contribute to this view. You know, and then we have self-worth. And this is knowing, it's really a very deep knowing within us that we're enough alone. You know, aside from anyone or anything else, we're enough just as we are in this moment. We're a person of worth, value, because we're alive and breathing and no one else's approval is needed. You know, and then we have self-confidence, which has everything to do with our abilities and our capabilities, the skills we have in life. You know, it also has to do with our grit, you know, and, and this can can vary depending on the circumstance. You know, for instance, we might have high self-esteem and self-worth, but lack the confidence if acted asked to do something that we've never done before or that is maybe outside our comfort zone. Like skydiving, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Anna, that would do it for me. (laughs) Oh, I could see both of us trying to do that, Dr. Jane. Not a pretty sight. (laughs) But seriously, though. These seem like they would play off of each other's, uh, you know, sense together. They, they consider our identity, the behaviors that we use to navigate life, relationships, how we value who we are and what we do and how we live our lives. When do we start to develop these parts of ourselves? 
Well, Anna, this is part of our early conditioning. You know, they're part of our backstory. Well, I, I should have guessed it, you know, as I think about it, I certainly know where some of my insecurities come from, Dr. Jane. Well, that's good, Anna. You know, that's exactly <laughs> what's required. You know, the willingness to turn toward those insecurities and explore their origins, you know, how they may still be affecting us today. You know, the key is they're learned, they're not inherited, you know, and, and although others, you know, may have modeled um, something other than, you know, what we want, what we look forward to, you know, that, that stellar part of, of um, life, um, you know, any one of these three could easily have been affected as we develop them ourselves, you know, just by the fact that people in our lives either modeled them, modeled them or not, you know, we may have interpreted the adults' behavior, the adults in our lives, you know, a- as we saw what they were doing as, this is true for us as well. And and it may not be. So even if someone has spent much of their life with say low self-esteem, they can learn to live a different way. Let's talk about that. Well, let's look at the pitfalls. I mean, all the pitfalls target, you know, some form of of three variables. You know, it's how we see ourselves or value ourselves you know, how we interact and compare ourselves to others or, you know, how we engage and perceive how we fit into the world. So turning toward ourselves, discovering what undermines my sense of worth and confidence. That's right. That's right. You know, and we've touched upon these in in many of our other conversations on, and there's quite a laundry list because it includes things like, like negative self-talk or loathing ourselves for things that have happened in the past, mistakes or mishaps, or a belief that I'm less than, and and out of that, get into a lot of self-judgment and comparing ourselves to others. You know, for some of us, we also get into emotional reasoning. So it's like, if I'm in a situation, I feel dumb, then I think, well, therefore I must be dumb, you know, or or we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves or others. And and in that, um, allowing others' behaviors to maybe control us. Are stepping into that that deadly perfectionism, you know, or or we may be stoking our fear and anxiety, living with an unwillingness to speak up, so we don't we don't set the boundaries and we don't enforce the boundaries, or we might be living with shame and blame, and also projection of that onto onto others. So this also leads to lack of self care and neglecting our health and addictive behaviors. I mean, that's quite a list. I know. <laughs> you know, as I'm sitting there listening to all this, I'm like, oh boy, it certainly is a, a long list. And it's usually not just one of those items, right, that we're dealing with. So, uh, and years of practicing an unhealthy behavior so that they feel like they're anchored like steel. It takes years, Dr. Jane. Yes. Yes. And and often, often we suggest that that because of this, you know, that, that it might be advisable to meet with a mental health professional, you know, a psychologist or social worker or a counselor trained in behavioral change. You know, we've, we've talked about that in the past. You know, although, Anna, I've known people, you know, to connect with, with others in their lives, kind of um, using that relationship as, as this is my change buddy, you know, mm-hmm. might occur after reading a self-help book, you know, or there are also support groups like the 12-step programs or programs that provide 
group and individual support like Weight Watchers, you know, to reach certain uh, health goals. You know, every track to lasting change requires that we do a certain um, a certain number of things. And, and included in this list would be, you know, n- know why the change is important to us, you know, how it aligns with our core values. And then it's also important to have a plan. You know, I, my personal take is anything is possible with the correct plan because it's a, it's a map of required action that leads to our desired destination, which is change, you know, and so a plan that can be revised as needed. It's not etched in stone, you know, and, and the plan must also consider multiple dimensions within ourselves, you know, that have to be addressed, both internal dimensions like mind, body, spirit, external dimensions, you know, like our relationship with others and also what's going on in our environment. And most importantly, we need accountability. We often don't have the sustainable strength or willingness or endurance, you know, either at the start of a plan or as we progress. So establishing a strong accountability factor, like another person, can be the essential, you know. And then we also need affirmations. You know, we need to be able to stroke the self-worth and self-esteem and fuel our ongoing progress. Oh, I, I love these. And this sounds very straightforward. Not easy, you know, quite, uh, quite simple and concise. <laughs> yes. You right? know what, Anna, that simplicity is often how we're fooled. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's why the 12 step folks, you know, come to live the importance of one day at a time. You know, it's about breaking down the thing that we seek to change into manageable parts. You know, this is the, this is the plan. This renders it both believable and achievable. Well, there's an interesting experience that I've noticed with myself and with my friends. We can launch into change, but maintaining the momentum can come uh, become a hurdle, you know, and sometimes we stall out or, or give up. Well, you know, Anna, and this is not unusual. You know, most people don't understand that creating change is a process, it's an actual ongoing process. Folks often think that they can ride on their initial enthusiasm and get to the finish line. And sometimes it can happen, but not always. Well, change is a process that we create. What an interesting way to frame it. Well, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, I mean, something shifts within us when we come at change in this way. You know, we come at it as, as creating something new in our lives. And that begins with a desire to be a better version of ourselves. You know, we begin to actualize that desire by creating that plan of action. And then the small actions that will create the desired outcome is part of that plan. So our self-worth, our self-esteem, our self-confidence come into play and support our desire and the plan to achieve it. Because we're saying to ourselves, I'm worth it. I can do it. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be healthy. I deserve to be whole. Yes, I recognize the exuberance, you know, especially at the start. And then it's like over time, the air is let out of the balloon and we can deflate. (laughs) Well, yes. And sometimes we underestimate the consistency and endurance that's required, you know, and the needed energy, that desire, enthusiasm, the inspiration that fuels us on the path of change. You know, we get into this kind of thinking that, gosh, I I thought it would be easier. Mm. 
gosh, I've really lost my mojo, you know, and, and we sometimes confuse action with change, you know, and we get into the thinking that, that is kind of like, um, you know, I've been, I've been doing all this, I've been taking all this action, you know, am I there yet? Or, or, oh, I've got it. I've arrived. I don't, I don't need to work this hard anymore. I can, I can kind of, you know, sit back, rest on my laurels, you know, I'll never let it happen to me again. You know, and remember, Anna, you know, we're creatures of habit and those habits are etched in our neural pathways and in the right conditions. And we've talked about this, get hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. We're back with the old conditioning, you know, our habits running the show once again. You know, the other reality is that as a culture, we tend to be attached to comfort, you know, and what makes me feel good in the moment, you know, even if it's killing me in the long run. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I guess that's what sometimes keeps us from launching in the first place, right? So it's so big of a project and I'm not up for it. Well, yes. You know, and the key is that as a creative process, change requires action times multiple dimensions over time with a positive attitude. You know, without this, we're taking random pot shots at changing. And we often will say things like, well, well, I tried. You know, the trouble with trying, Anna, is that it can be an excuse for the lack of a plan or the lack of consistency or both. You know, in any 24 hours, we either do it, you know, our plan mm-hmm. or we don't. Oh, boy. Ouch. <laughs> this yeah. can certainly shine a bright light on the truth. And it's. And it not that an important part of what does this change mean to me? Is it a priority? Why is it important to me? Well, that's exactly right. You know, what is the desire, the inspiration, or the initiative, you know, at, at the front gate of change? You know, what's pulling me to disrupt my life to self-correct? You know, this is where we need to hold our self-worth front and center. We deserve to be the best and highest self. Um, you know, we deserve this in every dimension of our lives. You know, it isn't about comparing ourselves with others. It's about our own path, our own calling, my own best and highest self. And our worth and our, our confidence and our esteem may not be strong at first, you know, and that doesn't need to hold us back. Any excuse that we hold that supports not being our best selves is a lie that we're telling ourselves. Mm, a lie that we've come to believe, right? That's right. Yeah. That's, right. that's uh, yeah, that's, that is the case. And what might we start to consider instead of the excuses? Well, we may begin, begin again, um, by going to our core values. You know, what's most important to me? What is the best version of us? You know, what might it look like? You know, how would it feel? You know, what would I need to be doing? Can I see myself operating in that best version of ourselves? And and check the the categories, you know. What would the best version of myself, you know, be doing, you know, to really hold my my physical health in esteem? You know, my health, my nutrition, my my activities and exercise, you know, my safety, you know, or or mentally, what would my best self look like? You know, what would my thought patterns be? My my beliefs, you know, would I be so so anchored in my negative beliefs and self-talk? You know, it also has to do with, you know, how do I intellectually, you know, stimulate myself? What am I consuming intellectually? 
you know, and it's also about looking at our emotional selves. What would the emotional best version of myself be involved in, you know? And notice how we tend to live in our grudges and reactivity, our worry and our anxiety, and how that interferes with being our best emotional self. And there's also looking at our relationships and, and really highlighting where we have healthy boundaries or do we have healthy boundaries, you know, and, and really beginning to explore, you know, work, you know, the work that I do, does it fulfill me? What might I do to, to recreate a healthy work environment? And also the environment that we live in, you know, our homes, you know, where we recreate, you know, that's also important. And, you know, as we, as we explore these, if we can just kind of um, sift through it and, and write down three priorities, you know, noticing how we may, how they all may be connected. You know, what are the three most important that are highlighted right now in our lives, really calling to us? You know, for instance, most health issues, when investigated more closely, have a link, healthy or unhealthy, to our thinking and our emotions, also to our relationships. Well, this makes me think again, you know, that we're turning within again and toward ourselves and discovering what's there and what's calling us. That's right. That's right. You know, we always want to start where we are in the moment, this moment in time, you know, and we recognize what we want how we want our lives to be different, how our best self is calling us to step forward and make changes, you know, and we're going to need to, to bump in and, and up, you know, our self-worth, our self-esteem and our self-confidence. Well, I get it. And it seems with enough negativity, we might crash and burn before we get started. Well, that's right. You know, so, so let's move to what those precious and powerful dimensions um, need from us. You know, let's challenge the barriers to our best and highest selves. You know, we need to, on a mental level, you know, we need to recognize and dismantle the self-loathing, the negative self-talk, the negative beliefs, you know, avoiding those shoulds. You know, and physically, we need to stop comparing ourselves to others. We need to make our health a priority and say yes to healthy choices, whether it be food or exercise, you know, any of it. You know, and be grateful for what we have and learn to self-regulate. You know, make breath work and mindfulness daily practices. And emotionally, you know, challenge our fears and anxiety. You know, recognize that, that worry requires huge amounts of energy, you know, and we're usually worrying about things that are outside of our control. So the key is be proactive. You know, and in our relationships, set healthy boundaries, speak up for ourselves. Know when it's time to move on and, and learn to say no and stick with it. Well, that's quite a list. Well, it is on. Yeah, but the interesting thing is that if we pick just one and practice it consistently, we're going to naturally become ready to take on another and another because we're fueling our self-worth and our self-esteem and our self-confidence and fueling the change process. Well, let's do it. Well, let's do it. You know, it's important <laughs> to remember that our mindful awareness practices support this exploration. So let's maintain consistency with the welcoming breath and that three-minute breathing space and the relaxation response. You know, these are the, the go-to practices that if we begin to react to any uncomfortable material that's, that's bound to surface during our explorations, this is where we want to go. This will ground us and center us again. Well, this sounds wonderful and we'll have plenty to process, I'm certain. 
Thank you, Dr. Jane. Until our next conversation.